Well, thank you, Erica and Laura. I knew they'd been working on that song, and I did not listen. I was holding off until this evening. Tonight was the first time I've heard that, and I certainly appreciate it. Well, once again, Merry Christmas. You've heard this before. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. That's where your mind is. That's where your thoughts are. That's where your future lies. It's the type of thing that brings you peace, joy, hope. Do you have any Christmas treasures? And some of these may be readily available in your mind. You may think about them every year. Other Christmas treasures you may have to search for a little bit. Some Christmas treasures, you don't know they're treasures until they're gone. And then you realize that they're very, very special. Do you have any Christmas treasures? Do you make Christmas treasures? There's... All right, we're done here. <laughs> There's families in this church that spend time together and, you know, go different places, see different things, building treasures in their families. I remember some Christmas treasures. I remember many Christmases. I remember hunting every year for the perfect tree. A lot of people don't hunt for trees every year, but but we did growing up. Hunt for the perfect tree, and the whole family went when we were hunting for the perfect tree, which meant nobody agreed on whatever we picked. In fact, we ended up picking the one tree that nobody wanted just to pacify everybody. Usually did it down here, metals there. And we'd travel down and we'd spend an hour or two or five arguing about a tree and looking for a tree. It's cold, freezing cold. But those are treasures of mine. I remember Christmas with excitement, with cookies and songs and cookies and family. I remember going to church at Christmas time. I remember the Christmas pageant up there at the Presbyterian Church, and I remember the cookies that they had there. (laughs) Loved the cookies. You know, one of my fondest memories is being down down in the woods, cutting wood with my dad all day. It's a fond memory now. It's a treasure now. At the time, I would do anything I could to get out of it. But I remember being down there all day. I don't know what your Saturdays were like, in the winter growing up, that was mine. You hide from dad in the morning, he finds you, and then you go cut wood all day. That's, that was life. But looking back on it, it's incredible treasure. I remember near the end of the day, I would come out to the edge of the wood line there, and I would look across the field as the sky was, was getting dark there in the evening. I was bitterly cold. And I would look up, and I would see warm lights in the house, and I would see smoke coming from the chimney, and and no doubt there was something good and hot to eat. 
that, that mom was making when we would get in there. I, I, I can see it now as though it happened yesterday. I remember one time being on the tractor one Christmas, and we had ropes tied to the front of the tractor, and then these ropes went up through the second-story windows of the house, down into the living room, tied to the top of a huge Christmas tree. And I was backing up, trying to get the Christmas tree standing up. Dad was inside, marshalling the whole thing, yelling at me through the windows. I couldn't hear. But eventually, this tree made its way up and stood up for a while, anyway, (laughs) quickly getting the base on the tree. I remember that night. That morning, we were awoken by Dad cutting off the base of the tree to make it the right height. Cut it off with the chainsaw, not outside, (laughs) in the living room. That's what we woke up to. I remember church programs growing up. Kids would put on a church program. You know, our kids sang last Sunday, and, and, and Sam and I had the chance to watch this, uh, watch this online, listen to it online. And, and listening to them and watching them, I, I was genuinely happy. You ever notice how, I hope this is not the way it is all the time, but but you go through times and maybe seasons in your life where genuine moments of pure happiness are really kind of hard to find. I was listening to this and watching this. I was happy as I was listening. I remember these programs at church. I remember after church, after the programs, for some reason all the kids would go outside and we would wait for Joe Ramsey to walk out of the church and we'd pelt him with snowballs, <laughs> chase him to his car. I don't know why we did it. I don't know why we chose him. But we chose him year after year. I think because he was nice enough not to turn around and throw snowballs back. He'd just run to his car. After the church programs, we would all meet down the road. Where would we meet? That's right. Bruce and Ruth Fawcett. I don't know how we did it. We'd pack 10 pounds of church into a 5-pound house, but we made it happen. You'd park somewhere in the ditch, you'd get stuck. You weren't getting out of that, but you didn't care. You made it into the party. I remember these. These are treasures of mine. Luke chapter 2, this is why we're here. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to be registered. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were angels living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. 
Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so it continues. They hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, Mary treasured up these things and she pondered them in her heart. You ever wonder about that verse? And everything that's going on. And the incredible message that the angels are giving, the incredible moment in your life, in human history, Luke chooses to stick this line in there, Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. You see, there was a lot of stuff happening that night. There was a lot of stuff happening all around. Angels were singing. Heavenly messengers told. People were traveling, telling, celebrating, moving pillar to post. And yet right here, we see a quiet, momentary break in the action. The amazing thing is, we might consider this a throwaway line in Scripture, yet Luke uses it twice. Later on in the chapter, he says the very same thing in verse 51, when they were looking for Jesus after they'd lost Him. But Mary treasured these things, and she pondered them in her heart. The word used to treasure here means to keep safe, to keep safe. You see, with all the stuff that's going on, with all the singing, with all the messages and the people coming and going, with the hardship, with the traveling, Mary is keeping safe the birth of Jesus Christ. She's keeping it safe in her mind. She's keeping it safe in her heart. She's keeping it safe in her memory. She's treasuring up these things. You see, Mary is keeping safe the entire scene, the stable. She's keeping safe this moment that they couldn't go into the hotel. She's keeping safe the road they had to travel. She's remembering and keeping safe in her mind, her heart, the hardship that they endured. She's remembering, she's focusing on, she's pondering and keeping safe the visit from the shepherds and the wonderful story that they no doubt told. She kept safe the message from Gabriel, the patience and righteousness of her husband, Joseph, who, by the way, never says one word in Scripture. Mary kept safe the knowledge that Jesus was the Christ child. Mary keeps safe Emmanuel, as the angel told her. Mary keeps safe this day, this night, that was going to change everything. And she pondered them in her heart. Why? Why? It's interesting that we find that Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. 
I don't read that Joseph treasured these things and pondered them in his heart. I don't read that the shepherds treasured these things and pondered them in their hearts. But we read that Mary treasured this up and pondered it in her heart. You see, I believe the reason she did that, the reason she knew that she had to do that, was because God was directing this remembrance. God was directing this moment, this time, this night, working upon Mary's mind and heart to remember what it was, the significance of the birth of Jesus Christ. I think she remembered these things because she had to. You see, life was going to happen fast now. They would be naming Jesus in a week, which usually involved inviting friends and family to come around. In a little over a month, they would travel to Jerusalem to dedicate Jesus at the temple. That's about seven or eight miles away. (coughs) After that, they would be on the run as fugitives. They would have to leave their home and go down and live in Egypt in fear of their lives, possibly for quite a few years. After that, they would have to pick up again and move back to Nazareth, still in danger from Herod's son. This family was going to have more kids, at least four more brothers and sisters besides. Mary and Joseph were going to need to raise Jesus. That's quite a challenge, raising the Son of God. They were going to have to raise Him to be wise and to be built in stature. Her son was going to be loved and hated. Her son was going to be followed and scorned. As the prophet tells her in Luke 2, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Why did Mary have to treasure these things in her heart? Because eventually Joseph was going to pass away. We know that he's died sometime during Jesus' life, leaving Mary on her own during some of the most trying times of her son's life and ministry. I like how Wearsby describes it. The boy Jesus grew up in a large family in a despised city, nurtured by parents <coughs> who were probably poor. The Jewish religion was at an all-time low. The Roman government was in control. And society was in a state of fear and change. And Mary, Mary treasured these beautiful moments in her life, in her mind. To what end? Finally, a sword would pierce Mary's own soul as well. As she watches her boy made a public spectacle abused, and die on a cross. Church, we celebrate Christmas everywhere, every year. And if you understand what Mary and this family were going into, Mary needed to treasure this night. She needed to treasure this message. She needed to treasure this moment. In a world of hardship, she needed to see and recognize and carry with her a moment of beauty, joy, and hope. And to ponder it all the days of her life. 
this world, your life, it gets fast. And it can get noisy. It's interesting how our lives can get crowded and seem lonely all at the same time. Our lives can get dangerous. This world can get frustrating. We can become distracted by sadness, loss, danger, and sword, as Paul puts it. The if-I's and the should-haves. And if we're not careful, if we do not ponder, we can lose that treasure. We can lose that memory. We can lose that spark of beauty in a world that God called good. This night, regardless of where or how you find yourself, this night, this story, is not a night of sorrow. It's not a night of confusion, uncertainty. This is not a night of frustration. This is not a night of anger. This is not a night of fear. This is a night to celebrate. This is a night of remembrance. This is a night to build a treasure, to store up those treasures so our heart will be there as well. You see, this is the night that angels sang. This is the night that a barn became a palace for a king. Lowly shepherds became heralds in the royal court. This is the night when peace, hope, and joy was ushered into humanity. And it's this night that guarantees that Jesus loves you. It's this night that brought about the very beginning of your eternal life. The night that gives us strength, purpose, and value. The soul feels its worth. God becomes man. And He becomes man for you. So even on this night, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, ponder such things. And the God of peace will be with you. Anger and frustration, fear. It can be contagious. It can spread from one person to another. It can spread from one family to another. It can spread from one group to another. I've got good news though. Peace and joy and hope and love. That's contagious too. You've probably experienced this at some point in your life. Where someone comes into your life. And reminds you of the joy and hope that you have. 
that shares peace that they have in their heart, their mind. Perhaps it's giving you a new perspective. Perhaps it's helping you to realize your worth and your value. But peace, joy, and hope is just as contagious. We are going to share that. At least a picture of it. Of that very same thing. Where peace, joy, and hope can be spread to one another. When you do this, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to, Greg's, Greg's already, he's excited. Look at him back there. It's, give me about four and a half seconds, Greg. Okay? I want you, if you can, to see the person that you pass this to. I know we're gift, but we don't want to drop it. We don't want to spill the wax and so forth. I want you to see him. It might be the person next to you. It might be the person behind you, in front of you. And I want you to recognize when you pass this on, the person you pass it on to is fearfully and wonderfully made. That they have the value of a God and King that laid down his life. That they have such value that they're going to live eternally with you in the presence of the King. Church, all of that begins tonight. Begins tonight. It began 2,000 years ago. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the love that you have for us. We thank you for the peace that you've given us. We thank you, Father, for the value that you've given us. We ask, Father, that you'll help us, our lives, to extend hope and joy and peace to those around us. To treasure moments like this in our hearts. That we might gain the strength of this night to carry us through some of the dark days celebrate once again in the beautiful days to say, I told you so. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly Oh
plenty of problems of its own without us adding to it. Make tonight one of your treasures. Make the peace of Jesus Christ one of your treasures. Your family may be here tonight. Make, make tonight a treasure. You may be at home right now listening to this, sitting around, talking, remembering things. Keep those treasures. Keep those treasures. Because it's those kind of treasures, the real ones, that usher in peace and hope and joy. This is a night of treasure. Father, we thank you once again. We thank you for the birth of Jesus Christ. And Father, we would be remiss if we didn't thank you for the death and resurrection of that same life. This night being the beginning. The resurrection being forever. We thank you, Father, that we live eternally with Jesus Christ, that you sent our rescuer tonight. It is in his name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. You're dismissed and Merry Christmas.